listening to the Derek Asante podcast, also known as DAPS, the show that brings you insightful conversations about everyday topics. I just aim to keep the discussion above the average. My guests are the ones bringing the social proof to the conversation. Let's get into it. I'm your host, Derek Asante, and today is a special one for me, personally. Um, just because this individual has no clue <laughs> how much respect I have for him. Um, he is an inspiration, a self-made individual, um, and I, I consider him to be an instrumental figure in the community, any community that he actually uh, embarks on. He is a father, a husband, a friend, an entrepreneur, and finally, an artist. Um, and I don't use that term lightly, um, artist, and I think there's more to it, and we'll find out throughout the discussion uh, as to who this individual is. I've asked him his brother to join me in a conversation about his, his journey and the professional experience as a curator as well as a visual artist. Please help me welcome my friend, brother of mine, Kofi Frimpong. How are you? Well, thank you for having me. Oh man, I appreciate it. It's funny, I, I thought about getting you on um, from the minute I, I decided I'm going to start the show because I wanted to get your story out there to as many people as possible. Um, especially because I know, I know the grind behind being an artist and, and what it takes to get where you, you've gotten. And so it's really instrumental for me to get you on here. And I'm, I'm glad you said yes. And that we're actually here doing this. Oh, it's a given, man, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> now, before I begin, I have a quote that I want to share with you. And then I want to get your thoughts on the quote and what it means to you or what comes to mind when you hear that quote, okay? Okay. It reads, um, the future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their contributions. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How does that um, resonate with you? So this is a lot, like this is a, around the conversation that I usually have with artists that I mentor. Um, and there's people that I speak to that are having difficulties um, just acknowledging their own greatness. Um, like, I always see them as, like, people that are doing amazing things, you know, accumulating those wins. Um, and I always wonder, like, how much more greater can you be if you were to, like, see, like, really see yourself? Like, you know, how much more would your greatness be amplified if you understood how, like your your impact on both, you know, the people around you and um, just yourself in general, it's unfortunate. Like, there's a lot of people who don't even know um, their value. Yeah. Right, and and they're roaming, but they have no clue. Yep. Specifically, as we as we continue this conversation, I want to talk about your artwork your process and ultimately your journey to, you know, from the past to the present day. I also want to, um, I'm curious about how you maintained the positive energy that you have, like not just throughout the work, but just in life in general. Cause I think that's also important for people to get, get a sense of why that's important. Uh, especially when you, it comes to people trying to set goals and success goals for themselves and, and, achieving those goals and why it's important to have that. So that's a part of the reason why um, I want to have you on. Now, 
before we dive into it, um, let's start from the beginning. What's your background? Uh, I was born in Ghana. And how, how, how young were you when you came here? Um, I left Ghana when I was four. Um, I was in the care of my uh, extended family. And so I met my parents, my mom and dad, when I was five um, in France. Uh, they sent for me. <laughs> oh, wow. So, yeah, I moved to France. We stayed there for a year and then ended up in Montreal. Uh, stayed oh. there for another year and then finally landed in Toronto. Okay. So yeah. from, from France, do you remember anything from there at all or no? Yeah, that, that's actually where I fell in love with art. Ah. Um, like I, I remember it was it's like it's so fresh in my memory. Um, we were in a hotel and I was watching my dad draw. It was like Egyptian characters. And I just remember looking over his shoulder and I was like, this is like the greatest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, and he does not like identify as an artist in, by any means. Right. It was just something that he loved to do. Um, like whenever he was bored. Right. And um, funny enough, that's like a huge part of my process. Uh, yeah. Man, that's incredible. So you took that with you from France. You went over to Quebec or Montreal? Montreal. Montreal, yeah. And how was that experience over there? In Montreal? Yeah. Um, Funny. I experienced a lot of racism, but at that age, I couldn't name it. Right. Um, but again, that's something that really stuck out for me. In school, the way the teachers treated me, the way the other students treated me, it was... It's, I didn't understand it back then, but now, like, with the knowledge that I have, like, I, like, damn, that was horrible. Right. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. So you were there for a year or so, and then you made your way to Toronto. And mm -hmm. how was that transition? Was it any different? <laughs> um, it was, it was a lot better, uh, because we traveled with some, um, family friends. Okay. It was a group of us, so, um... You know, within our family, like there's kids my age, so didn't really feel alone if um, it took me some time to make friends in school. Got it. Um, so like, yeah, like I've always felt like there was some kind of family around me. Right. Right. So you felt you, you felt more grounded. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm curious because you're from Ghana. Are both your parents from Ghana? Yeah, yeah both of them. So... What was their vision for you um, growing up? Like, you know, because parents always have, have some sort of vision. You got to become a doctor or you got to become this. What was their yeah. vision for you? Um, I feel like my parents were a little bit more progressive than a lot of other <laughs> gang and parents. Okay. Um, you know, not to say that they weren't like traditional. So I guess the generation that they came from it was go to school, get a good job, and, you know, earn a living. Right. Um, my dad's thing is go to school, do whatever it is that you want. Um, just make sure that you get a job. But, like, make sure it's something that you love doing that you get a job in. Uh, yeah. Well, that's totally different. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there was no nursing, engineering, you know, none of that. Nice. It's just, you know, do do what you feel makes you happy. Um, mind you, I got a lot of resistance as a as a kid with my art. Um, they would always support like if I needed art supplies right away, like they wouldn't hesitate. If I asked for toys, a water gun or anything like that, yeah. it was always no. But like they supported the art. But at the same time, it was like you know, stop drawing so much and focus on your studies. Right. right. Until, like, I got to, to college and I remember I was just researching different um, jobs within the art industry and I saw something for $180,000 and I must have left left it on the screen by accident. And from when my mom saw that, <laughs> <laughs> she was convinced, like, okay, maybe this art thing is it. <laughs> You know, so bad. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's funny because my college experience was so horrible um, that it just, like, turned me off from, ha- like, doing art as a career. Oh. Yeah. But while I was, you know, in school for that, I was also working in the social sector. And my passion for community work really started to to take off. So I ended up, like, you know, stopping art and... Uh, started working in a social sector. Right, right, right. So you went to school for art? Yeah, it was um, Design Foundations at Humber College. Oh, uh, okay. It was a one-year program, and then Art Fundamentals at um, Centennial. Wow. Um, to be totally honest, like, I didn't retain anything. Yeah. Um, my main focus was just trying to get on the ball team. Um, <laughs> either I broke my left foot, broke my right foot. Um, so that wasn't going to happen. Wow. Uh, went to Centennial when I was recovered. Um, coach told me I had a spot on the team, but then I had some major issues at home. Um, and then traveling like two and a half hours to get to school. A lot of it just like, it just became too much. Yeah. Um, so I ended up leaving. Um, to work in the social sector. Um, and I guess like I was, you know, so good that I, I got a couple of job offers, uh, which eventually turned into a full out career. Wow. You know, it's yeah. crazy. It, it's, <laughs> I, I knew we had some things in common, but I didn't realize it was that crazy. Like, so check oh, yeah? this. Yeah. Check this. So I finished high school. I'm pursuing art as well. Right. Okay. So um, I'm actually I was pursuing animation, but guidance counselor had no clue what that was. So, yeah, they end up steering me towards Centennial. Okay. But for programming. Right. So I had no idea because programming and when I was trying to express to them, no, I want animation. They're like, yeah, yeah, it's the same thing. I said, okay. so (laughs) I enroll into programming. I get there. It's coding. I'm like, what the hell is this? Mm. Right. And so traveling from Lawrence Heights all the way to uh, progress. That was yep. like an yep. hour and change yep. class starting at like eight 40. I'm not making yep. it. <laughs> right. So I literally lasted the first month and I said, enough is enough. So I dropped up. Wow. Right. So, so I also went to Centennial and dropped out after the first month. And I said, no, forget this. I'm going to take the year off mm. and then just work. 
And same thing, I'm doing the work, I'm doing the community stuff. I started off with, you know, the, doing the summer camp before I even started school. I was still doing the yeah. summer camp stuff. So that transitioned into working with the Boys and Girls Club. Um, same, same. And <laughs> so I did that. <laughs> um, and so I did that for a year, saved up. And then I got my tuition, ended up going to like a private school for a year, uh, mm. located right downtown, like Spadina and Queen. I did mm. that for a year and then it just got too expensive. And then as soon as I finished that first year, Seneca opened their animation program. So I made the switch. Crazy. And so it's it's just funny to me because my mom also, you know, also from Ghana, but she didn't obviously believe in the art. Mm-hmm. And I'm that kid that's drawing every day in every book, every corner I can get, I'm sketching. And so she didn't see it, but my vision was, I just want to learn how to do the animation so that I can actually mm. teach other kids in, oh, nice. in in neighborhoods, just like the one that we grew up in. So that was my thing. She's like, no, go and become a nurse or whatever, because they're hiring. <laughs> right. I'm like, no, yeah. I'm not doing that. Right. So we got into a heated argument and I mm. finally just, you know, had the courage to tell her, listen, I'm paying for my education. Wow. So if I'm paying for it, you don't have a say in it. Wow. <laughs> And you're still alive. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, cause, I mean, she couldn't argue that. Mm-hmm. And so that was it. And so I just did my thing, did my three years. And uh, as soon as I finished, I started, you know, teaching my own animation program in the communities and, and um, in Rexdale and different community spaces. And I was able to mm-hmm. actually, you know, bring it into like four different schools. And Jeez. so I did that. And that that literally sustained me for like four or five years. Wow. Yeah. And then so that's when I made the transition um, to say, you know what, I'm going to do that and photography and videography full time. So at that Uh point now, once I made that switch, I'm literally um, married and, you know, we're doing our thing. And so Mm -hmm. wife's looking at me like, uh, you got to get a a real job. Right. (laughs) And I'm thinking I'm making money doing this. So, yeah. Obviously, to appease her, I go back into the sector and I'm doing the outreach work. And that's where you and I kind of connected, Yeah. Um, you know, through mutual friends and, and whatnot. But it's it's very similar as far as <laughs> the timeline. Yeah, right? man. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's incredible. That's incredible. That's that's really dope. That's really dope. That's wild because this whole time I thought like my experience was like so unique. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> wow. yeah man so it was very interesting the ball the dream the ball the hoop dream same thing had that but but for me it wasn't permanent it wasn't something that i wanted to pursue just because i enjoyed it i actually only started playing ball because of my brother oh wow when we were younger he needed somebody to play and practice with so that's the Mm -hmm. only reason because i was just you know how we come up it's just soccer oh yeah yeah right so that soccer was my thing and then he got interested in basketball. So he's like, okay, just come out and, and be my, pretty much, I was his, you know, pylon, his cone to practice his moves <laughs> on. And then I was yeah. like, enough of this. I want to beat him too. So that's when oh, I, <laughs> so then that's where the interest came in. Like we didn't start playing ball until the summer before we got into grade nine. Oh, wow. That's when we started playing ball. Right. And so we, I worked like crazy that summer just to be able to make the, the midget team. Yo, I realize like a lot of people's stories when it comes to ball, it's usually like that one summer where they put in work and yeah. then it just like totally transforms their game. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was it was crazy. It was crazy. Mm. But yeah, man, I appreciate you sharing that. 
Now, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> what's your uh, one of your strongest memory of your childhood? Um, one of my strongest. Well, you know, that moment with my dad for sure. Nice. Um, I I remember moments with my grandparents. Um, so funny enough, my grandmother on my mom's side, uh, she always made me feel like I was like uh, the most important grandchild out of like 20. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And then um, my grandfather on my dad's side and like he and I used to take walks and um, I just remember him speaking to me like I was an adult and it made me feel like we're having these intellectual conversations. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I just look at how my dad is or was with me and seeing how he was with other kids. Right, right. It's just, it was the same thing. So, like, now, like, I, I find myself being the same way with, you know, the younger kids. Right. Yeah, and even how, like, how I, I raise my daughters, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. So what is it about art that that you know spoke to you in the way that it did like why art um i i feel like it was like a genuine love so um the only reason i started doing it is because i saw my dad do it and i was really impressed Mm -hmm. i thought he was literally doing magic in front of me right um and then as i did it it felt good so i wasn't concerned with being great Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't anything that I compared myself to in regards to like other people. Um, if there's something I wanted to learn, it's like by any means necessary. So I wanted to be able to create pieces where I can color. My drawing wasn't too strong, so I would just trace pictures on the window. <laughs> mm-hmm. And while I'm doing that, like I'm building muscle memory and I'm getting better and better. Um, and it wasn't until maybe the fourth grade um i was drawing in class and i usually get in trouble but this one day uh the teacher came to me and she looked at the work and she's like wow that is amazing then my other classmates you know came to see what she was talking about and everybody's raving over it Mm. and it was at that moment it's like oh shit i'm I'm good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it sunk in, yeah. <laughs> wow, that sense of validation always helps. Yeah, no man. No matter how small it is, it helps. It's crazy, but like, because I didn't really care. It yeah. just felt good. Yeah. Now, when you when you create your pieces, um, mm. do they normally have a message in mind that you you want to kind of convey, or it's just based on what you're feeling in that moment? Um, it's a little bit of everything, but like, okay. So I guess to rewind, mm-hmm. um, I could draw really well when I was younger. And then when I got older, like, um, high school, I started to develop some anxiety around painting. Um, cause like, that was like something that I felt I was really weak in. And by now, like I've built my whole identity as being, um, a good basketball player, uh, a nice guy, and also um, somebody who who was a, a good artist. Mm-hmm. Um, you know how high school is. It's yeah. kind of brutal at times. So for me, like, being seen as anything less than, you know, the best or one of the best, yeah, 
Um, it just created a lot of anxiety. So I actually like didn't do any painting assignments and I almost failed out of art class. When I was in college, um, I was put on academic probation twice. Oh, wow. <laughs> they told me like to reconsider a different career path all because like um, I was failing because I wouldn't do my painting assignments. Right. And then the day that I was able to get over my, um, uh, my fear of painting was the day that I actually got back to what my initial process was, was just literally to enjoy um, the process of creating mm. and then let the, the piece or the, the narrative just form on its own. Wow. Um, so a lot of times, like when I paint, um, like there's elements of conversations that I have with people that show up. Uh, there's people's faces that subconsciously show up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I literally go on autopilot. Um, I'm enjoying, you know, the color combinations, the textures and all that. But while that's happening, like subconsciously, like the narrative is, is forming on its own. Wow. Yeah. Is there an essential component or part that you need to, before you even start or during the process? Like, is it music? Do you need something specific to kind of spark something? Or is it always going to be a conversation or or something that you saw? Um, it's everything. Like, I, I paint in silence. I paint with music. I paint with people talking to me. Um, I was actually going to post something today on Instagram. Um, I was in the middle of a dance floor, people are dancing all around me and I'm just like in my own zone, just painting. So it really doesn't matter what's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's incredible. Now in, in your um, humble opinion, what do you think the role of the artist is in society? Um, oh, wow, that's a good question. Um, I think the role of an artist is uh, to contribute like different narratives. Um, and there's so many narratives out there that need to be told. Mm-hmm. Um, and every artist, I think if they're really genuine and creating from the heart, um, like you'll see uh, the world through their eyes. Um, and then part of the benefit to that is that art can also be used um as a tool to, to create change um, through politics, through policies, through um, pieces that create thought right? Um, and get you to que- question, you know, what's normal or what's considered normal. Yeah. So in, in essence, I, I think when you're, as you're saying that I'm thinking about comedians, like they use their platform to really shed light on some issues that otherwise they wouldn't be able to talk about if they weren't on that stage in character creating. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And then like, you know, when we talk about art, like I, I mean, everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Comedians, yeah. dancers, yeah. singers. Yeah. Exactly. Now for the listeners, if you're listening, uh, we are in conversation with Kofi and um, we're talking about just art, you know, the beauty in life that we often overlook, we take for granted. And I hope you're getting some gems that he's dropping throughout this conversation. Um, I have a few more questions that I want to take him through. But again, stay tuned. We're going to continue this conversation. Are you looking for the finishing touch to wash day, a special occasion, or just a play date? 
Graham Bear has you covered. We offer a wide selection of accessories. You will love our plant-based hair clips and fabric bows, bow ties for daddy and me, and our best-selling turban headbands, which are perfect for your mommy and me looks. We're a Canadian-based handmade shop. Our products are made to order with love, care, and attention to details. We offer fast local and international shipping. Our accessories are made for making memories in. Visit us at grahambear.ca for all your family accessory needs. Follow us on Instagram at grahambear to see our products in action, know about promos and contests. Be sure to use promo code DAPS10, that's D-A-P-S-10, for 10% off your next purchase. I know you mentioned social work. Is that the only kind of work you were doing while you're still creating your work? Or did you also dabble in other, other industries as well? Um, yeah. One summer I worked for Apotex Pharmaceuticals. Oh, okay. Yeah. And that was, uh, definitely thanks to my mom. Um, they just had this program where they can hire the, the kids of their employees. Uh, so it was a nice little summer job there. Um, I worked in a wow another pharmacy, uh, pharmacy slash convenience store. <laughs> um, definitely got fired from there. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait! What happened there? What? <laughs> <laughs> I I I really felt like I they didn't want me there from the start. Okay. Um. Part of it, like, I feel like I got the job because, like, I would go in every day and I would just, like, be super polite. Not looking for a job or anything, but, I, like, you know, I guess I displayed, like, great customer service potential. Mm-hmm. Um, but when they got me in there and I was working the till, just messing up left, right, and center. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Yeah, and I was just, like, kind of, like, thrown in there without any, like, real training. Right, right. So I would say, like, a good 90% of it was my fault, though. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Now, what's what? What would you say has been uh, one of your most embarrassing moments? Whether you're creating or just on the ball court, any 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 aspect in life. Uh probably grade two, second grade. Um, I think it was like spring was about to hit. Um, and I just had this dream that there was going to be a, a snowstorm mm. and I was convinced that it was real. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I put on like two sweaters, um, uh, a whole, um, we call it snowsuit, my winter boots, winter hat. Wow. I was like determined to like, just get it, you know, get ahead of the game and just like be prepared and just <laughs> laugh at everybody. So I walked to school. Cause um, those times my mom was working like early shifts, right? So she 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 wasn't home to like regulate, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I walked to school, people are looking at me, laughing, and I'm in my head, I'm like, "Yo, you guys watching see. I get to school, everybody's laughing, and I'm like, serious face, like trying to explain to them, like, "No, like I had a dream, and this is gonna happen." Oh uh, man. Yo, I don't know why, but that day, it must have been like 18, 20 degrees. (laughs) Oh, man. The worst part is, like, I had to walk home, like, with a bundle of winter stuff. 
in my hand, sweating at that. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Yeah, man. That is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. No. <laughs> so take me back to your artwork now. Um, mm-hmm. Have you ever bombed a commission or you didn't feel like you actually delivered the way you would have liked to deliver? Oh man, one time I really should have followed my gut. Um, this woman messaged me to paint um, a belly calf. Okay. And right off the bat, I was like, no, unfortunately, I don't do that. And she's like, no, it's like, you're dope. Like, I I feel like you could do anything and then it'll look dope. So I was like, nah. She's like, you know, what? I give you total creative control. You do what you want. All I want is like a butterfly on it. Um. So then she said creative control. She had me at that. Yeah. And then as I was working on it, I get these little messages like, oh, can you include a tree? Right. Can you do this? <laughs> I was like, now like there's like more constraint. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, like I do my best work when I literally like get curious. Yeah. And, and learn on the job. So there was this technique that I wanted to try with fabric and um, <clears throat> fabric and not resin. It's the cheaper version of resin. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, acrylic pouring medium. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, as an artist, like, a lot of times you reach a point where the art doesn't necessarily look the greatest. Yeah. But if you keep at it, it becomes like a masterpiece. Right. Um, mistake that I made. <laughs> I'm here sending her updates. Oh. So, yeah, it gets to that point where it looks really ugly. And she's furious. Like, this is not what I wanted. This is the memory of my child. Oh, my gosh. And I don't know how to tell her. Like, you know, you got to be patient, whatever. But she just kept messaging me. She was upset. Um, I ended up giving her back the cast. Uh, And usually I had this policy of, like, a non-refundable deposit. But I don't know. The way I do business, honestly, it's like, if you're not happy with it, take back the deposit. I'll just take the L. Yeah. And then next time I just won't do commissions. Right, right. <laughs> so I gave her back all her money, you know. Told her if she wanted to um uh we call it um get another cast, I would pay for it. Right. But she was so upset that she wasn't even having it. She's just like, yo, just give me back my money. Wow. <laughs> yeah. How do you bounce back from that though? Like like how did you respond to your next commission after that i to me it's like okay i wasn't good at that so the next one i just know what kind of guidelines that i'll accept and which kind of guidelines i won't um i there's very few commissions that i've done that i actually was in love with mm-hmm. i was just lucky that the people who got it loved it right but um after a while i was like no i'm not doing any more commissions because this doesn't feel good. Right. Um, it pauses my whole business as well. Yeah. Um, cause you know, like for me, my process is like, I'm going with the flow. It feels good. So if it means that I could step away, you know, watch a movie, go play ball. Yeah. And just do nothing for like a couple of weeks and come back to it. That's what it is. Yeah. But when you're doing a commission, you're worried about, you know, being on time. You're worried about having it look good for somebody. Yeah, yeah, you're restricted. Yeah. Do you have any uh, influencers, uh, people that influence you, 
overall? Like, it doesn't have to be necessarily towards the art, but in general, like, who are the kind of people that you lean or tap into that give you that extra boost when you need it? Um, from the first grade, I had a friend, Eric Tigley. He's um, he's also an artist. He's usually like he and I. Um, he ended up going to school for art, like receiving formal training. Mm-hmm. And I kind of went the opposite direction. But like, he's always been somebody that I could call and just like, yo, what do you think about this? You know, or how do you do this technique? Right. And he'll give me some pointers. Um, aside from that, like he's an amazing person, uh, like a brother to me. Nice. Um, my wife, obviously, she's my best friend. So um, we just have like the best conversation. Nice. Yeah. And then like in general, really, like I, I connect really well with a lot of people. So the people that I come across, I find really inspiring. Awesome. So, yeah, it's just a, a lot of people, really. <laughs> yeah, that's, no, that's good. That's good. Because to me, that's that's good balance, right? You're not limited to always going to the same uh, source uh, for inspiration when whenever you hit a block or anything like that. Because, I mean, as artists, we go through those moments where nothing is working and sometimes you need something to kind of, you know, reignite that, that spark to say, hey, I want to try this. Yeah. Um, and so when you don't have a widespread you know, uh, people that you can kind of tap into or conversations or moments, then it makes it harder for you to kind of pick it back up again. Yeah, yeah. When you, when you hit that that wall, right? So now the big question that most people don't like to answer, I'm going to ask, how do you price your work? Oh, okay. Um, uh, it's a combination of things that goes into it. So every project, um, I start off by figuring out what the investment's going to be. Right. So how much am I going to spend on the canvas, uh, the paints, um, anything that's needed to get it done? Mm-hmm. Um, I have that. So uh, at this point right now, it's um, the average is usually like $400. Mm-hmm. Um, just on supplies alone. Um, I tend to use everything that I purchase. So it's not like I'm using like a... Uh, a quarter of a tube of paint and I can stretch it out between painting. Right, right, right. Um, so like everything that I, I purchase, I use. Uh, so I have the price of supplies um, and then I calculate the amount of hours that I put into it. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's uh, my hourly rate or my daily rate. What's the difference? Um. So you're... Your your daily rate could be like let's say like five hundred, regardless of um, how many hours you put into it. So if you put in like two hours, it's five hundred for that day. If you put in ten hours, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Your your hourly rate is literally based on the amount of hours that you put into it. That's great information. I mean, just for anybody that's listening, that's trying to figure out how they can price their work. This this is a good you know, place to kind of get some new ideas as to how to approach that. Because I'm trying to figure out now, how do you determine when to use the hourly rate as opposed to the daily and vice versa? Uh, really, for me, it just comes down to sustainability. Got it. Um, so like if, if, like, for example, my very first piece that I sold, I sold it for $75. 
Um, oh, that's low. Yeah, really low, considering like I spent one hundred and fifty dollars right on supplies, and then it took me about five hours to create. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like really low for me. Yeah. Some of my pieces like take a year. Yeah. Um, but like I ended up like losing money, and I thought to myself, I can't keep this up <laughs> if I'm doing this. Like I'm donating money and artwork to people. That's right. Um, so a lot of it like really depends on my margins. Mm-hmm. Um, and also like being realistic with my pricing in regards to where I am in my career. Mm-hmm. So what I was selling, um, in my first year is nowhere near what I'm selling pieces for now. Right. Yeah. Cause then like marketing, um, notoriety, the things that you accomplish are all taken into consideration yeah. when, um, you know, you're, you're pricing your work as well. Okay, that's good to know. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, what are some of the uh, most memorable responses that you've gotten uh, for your work that people have picked up? Oh, Matt. Yo, honestly, <laughs> I, I'm I'm honestly shocked, humbled, and honored by the way that like people get into my DMs or call me or email me. Yeah. I... You know, you create art, you, you're feeling it, you think it's amazing, you think it's powerful, it's touching. And then when people share their connection to your art, it's like, oh man, like this is this is bigger than what I expected. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like people are telling me like, you know, like uh loved ones who've passed away. Um, they're talking about like trauma- traumatic experiences and how that piece that they saw like really lifted them out of a dark place. Wow. And I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 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 It's 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 incredible when you see art kind of take a life on, of its own and, and mm-hmm. people make it their own, right? It's not even what you intended for it to be. And sometimes you didn't even envision it being that. And all of a sudden yeah. people are you know messaging you telling you this is what it's doing for me. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's yeah, that's that's definitely a moment to to remember. Now, I have a segment in the show where I ask random questions, right? And it's called Thinking Out Loud. So I'm going to ask you one of those random questions. And you give me your most honest uh, response without giving it too much thought. Got it. All right. Now, if you could switch genders for a length of time of your choosing, would you? And if so, how long would the time be? Ah, oh, I would say 24 hours. <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> Why 24? <laughs> I'd probably be watching the clock as well, you know? Just, uh... Yo. <laughs> so, so I'm curious. I'm curious. No, this 24 hours, would it be during the the... the... The, the time point where they're going through a menstrual cycle or what? Oh, snap, I didn't even consider that. No, 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 no. So it wouldn't even be like anywhere close to that. <laughs> yeah, like, no, 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 no. I don't want to experience that. Yeah. Oh, the thing is, like, so, um, I like, on social media, um, my supporters are, let's say, 70% women. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then just growing up, I've been fortunate enough to have like really um, strong, intimate relationships with women where we could have like honest conversations. Right. And what I hear about their experience in the world, like from like major things, like things around safety, yep. um, things around, you know, never feeling like they, um, they have the same privilege as men in regards to like, uh, having a voice, mm-hmm. um, always having to prove themselves, like so many things. It's like, I, I don't even know if I could last 24 hours with that kind of, you know, uh, struggle. Aren't, but think about that. Aren't they incredible though? Like I really process that myself, you know, on a regular basis. And, and sometimes, you know, more, I should do it more often than I do, but I tip my hat off to women because without them, this world doesn't move. Exactly. <laughs> like literally. Yep. Yep. You know, yep. the strength that women has to have to be able to withstand a fraction of, of the things that they go through, no man, I don't think, can actually even process that. Mm. And I'm not even talking about external forces, like <laughs> within their own bodies. All that. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. so it's, yeah. it's, it's incredible. It's incredible what they have to go through, man. My. Yo, I, I was also um, reading up on like matriarchal societies. Mm-hmm. And that if you ever if you ever get a chance, look into that because that's some like really fascinating stuff. Okay. Yeah, just I like how a lot of these societies like ran so well. Look at that. You know, without um, I don't know, like women were, you know, uh, held to a high esteem. Mm-hmm. Um, so were the men. It just didn't resemble what it looks like now. Yeah. Yeah, definitely look into that. I'm definitely look into that. Now, is there something that you dislike about the art world? Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's very rare that you'll hear me talk about this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I guess this is an exclusive. Because um, really, like, you'll never see me ranting on social media about anything negative as it pertains to like art. Mm-hmm. Um, I just it, re- it like it bothers me when I see artists operate from a lack mentality. Um, like elaborate. Com- like competition is, is great. I think so long as like it, it builds yourself and it builds community. Right. Um, but like when it comes to um, thinking that there needs to be like one great artist right. or everybody has to love this one person and they, they need to gobble up all the money, all the opportunities. I can't vibe with that because yeah. art is so subjective and people connect to one piece in so many different ways, right? right. So like there's there's room for everybody. There's enough for everybody. Um, I've been fortunate enough to build a strong platform where I don't necessarily need to like um, beg for an opportunity at certain tables. Right. Um, but to be honest, like a lot of times I wonder to myself, what would my experience be if I wasn't as known as I am now? You know what I mean? Like are people extending themselves because they genuinely are that way? Or is it because, you know, they want to get in my good graces? Right. Yeah. 
and and that's unfortunate though right that that you have to even process that possibility yeah. because it's 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 not transparent like people aren't forthcoming with their true intentions and mm. that makes it hard for even for me to trust right like if i don't know where you stand and what you represent it's hard for me to say okay i'm going to open up my resources to you as much as i would love to yeah right because if if you're coming with ill intentions i don't need that in my circle you know and that makes it hard because like you mentioned community and how can i build a community if everyone that's coming towards my community wants to really just demolish it so they can start a new thing and they don't necessarily want to be a part of my community they just want to tear it down and then say look i'm the new community you know what i mean basically yeah that's unfortunate now do you think art should be funded and why absolutely man um this is what i know about how like art impacts the world yeah um how it impacts individuals um i think it's very underrated um even like right now in the midst of covid Mm -hmm. um a lot of people are going like going through things and art is one of those things that's literally stopping themselves from from going crazy yeah. uh ending their lives art is one of those things that's allowing people to stay connected yeah. um in the midst of <laughs> lockdown where we're supposed to be separated right. you know and like politically it's a it's an amazing tool like there's so many benefits to art that isn't only exclusive to um, consumption. Isn't that the truth? Now, this question here is going to probably throw you off a bit, but what superpower would you have? Oh, man. Yeah, I'm curious about yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's changed over the years. Um, oh, it has, eh? Yeah, man. <laughs> it, but... You know, talking to my girls. Oh, my girls are amazing, by the way. <laughs> nice. Um, talking to my girls. Uh, one of the things that came up is the ability to overcome any obstacle. Mm-hmm. So anything that I see as a barrier, I can overcome it. Um, that came from one of my daughter, my oldest daughter. She's like, you know, Dad, if you really think about it, <laughs> do you really need superpowers if you can? accomplish anything that you want to accomplish i was like yeah that actually makes sense that's that's dope how old is she she's 11 now wow yeah that's dope so if i want to jump over a building and i see that as a a barrier (laughs) yeah i can just i'll be able to do it because you know yeah that's dope i never thought of that that's actually really clever (laughs) yeah man yo kid (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, only if we we decided to spend more time listening to them, right? Because a lot of parents exactly. don't do that. They they feel like they need to be spoken to and not listened to, right? Yeah. And it's they're so far off from that, man. You gotta have conversations with those those you know young minds because they don't see the world the same way we do. Exactly. And that's the beauty in it. Um, do you have a dream project that you haven't um tackled yet? Oh, dream project. Um, I've always wanted to have some kind of like art academy. Oh. Yeah. Um, I'm working on it like piece by piece. 
Yeah. You know, trying to figure out like curriculums and but more 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 so than the curriculum, the culture yeah. within this academy. Because yeah. um, although like it would house a lot of like young artists, mm-hmm. um, you know, just some like world changing things, um, things around like uh, personal development, just to, to grow beautiful human beings that create beautiful things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be dope. I'd be yeah, interested man. in that. That's for sure. That's That'd right? <laughs> that'd be, nah, that'd be dope, man. Yeah. And then on the other side, too, like, in school, they don't necessarily teach you the business aspect of of art. No. Because they don't um, know. Too much. Yeah. They, they don't know, right? Like, I, I remember the narrative that I was getting was, art doesn't pay until you're dead. And I was like, what? Mm. It's like, really? That's, that's what you're <laughs> telling me? And I went the opposite. I was just like, nope. I believe... It's what I sell it for because I remember in college, first mm-hmm. I did one year in um, OCAD, and that's when they they shared with me a story of a an artist. Uh, I don't know if you know the story. I can't remember his name, but um, he took a urine stall and he pretty much displayed it in a gallery, and it wow. sold for like seven hundred dollars. And all he did seven hundred dollars. Wow. He bought the urine stall for like fifty bucks, <laughs> and he put his signature on it. And then oh, pl- and planted it in a in a museum. Yeah. And somebody, you know, spent seven hundred dollars on it. And and the, the idea behind that is art is obviously in the eyes, you know, the values in the eyes of the, 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 the beholder or whatever, but it's also when things are not in their natural element, they are considered mm. art. Uh, yo, I never considered that. Right? So if you took literally um, you know, a salt shaker and you put it somewhere that is not the kitchen. Mm-hmm. It's now art because now it's out of its element. Okay, I get it. Right? So I took that concept and I said, wait a minute. So if that's true, because <laughs> if you really go into the art museum, you'll see that it's definitely true because some of the things that are in there, you and I may not consider art, but when you start thinking about it from that perspective, you're like, wait a minute, anything's possible. Yeah, you're right. Right? And, and crazy, so following that story, there was another student, an art student, who heard that same story and then decided, you know what? He's actually, this one's blow your mind. He's actually going to take his feces, put it in a what? jar. He pickled his feces, right? He went door to door like a salesman. <laughs> I, I, that's what I said. <laughs> Dude, he sold it for a grand. Wow. Now that's literally a piece of shit. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> right? And he sold it. But what what's what's the what's the story around that? Like he took what that was same the concept. Point? No, but he just he he literally went door to door like how we we would go door to door and sell gas, natural gas and all that. I remember doing that, but that's all he did. He just took the concept of the guy putting the urine stall uh-huh. in a gallery and calling it art. And he managed to convince somebody wow. to buy his feces in a jar. It, it, so what, what I got from that was, you got to be a great storyteller. Yes. That's the part that artists, a lot of artists don't have. Mm. We have the talent, but most of us don't know how to tell the story. Because some people don't know how to fabricate their own stories. 
Mm-hmm. You need to tell them the, the narrative, right? You need to kind of stare them in a way that they haven't thought of before. Yeah, yeah. And that's one component I feel like artists today don't necessarily have. Mm-hmm. It's a skill. It really yeah. is, right? Like to be able to, and that's how I BS my way through that year because I'm like, I had an assignment due and I didn't do it until the night before. And I went in and told the story. I got an A. Uh, yeah, I remember those. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so that narrative is what, but he sold it for a grand. I was like, you know what? Kudos to him. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But I'll, I'll never rip on an artist that, you know, like sells literally a piece of shit <laughs> for, <laughs> for a lot of money. Like, I'll never, ever do it. No, you know, yeah, it's hats out to you, man. That's that's a great hustle. But, yeah. you know, are there, can you name two or three artists that you would love to collab with? One day? Um, when you say collab, what does that look like? It's whatever you want it to look like. Because it can be a okay. musician. It can be um, somebody who's a dancer. Like, it could be anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I I can't think of like one in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, whoever I listen to, um, you know, like I'm I'm a big Jay Z fan. I'm a mm-hmm. big Nas fan. Uh, J Cole, Pusha T. Um, can you yeah, think, just, like think about that though? If you had one of them. In the live show, and they had you on stage. Mm-hmm. Do whatever you want. Whatever comes to you, you have multiple canvases. You can move from one canvas to the next. Yeah. Based on whatever song they're performing, whatever energy mm-hmm. that transcends, you get to put a, you know, a brush or whatever tool you're using to that canvas and make something mm-hmm. happen. I've never, ever, ever thought about that, but That's I'm gonna a crazy put experience. that. On. <laughs> Yeah, man, I'm gonna put that on my list and like give it some serious thought. Like that, I I just thought of that. Like that's a crazy experience. Like being on stage at a live show with an yeah. artist that you respect and love their music, and then based yeah. on the energy of the audience and their performance and everything that's going on, yeah, whatever comes out of you goes on that canvas, and that's it. Yep. Yo, yeah. I I actually did that one time. It was at a, a festival. I think I saw um, the clips for that. Yeah, uh, I think you might have messaged me closer to that time, too. And Flex, I think Flex was a DJ for one of them. I think you've done a few with him. I, I don't know if you've, where it was. Like oh, a- yeah, no, but this was, this is like a huge festival. Like, oh, okay, um, okay. I think there's 170,000 people in attendance. Oh, wow. And they just had like different spots where different uh, mini art installations and, and concerts happening. Nice. Um, so like in one area, you might have like 30 people watching. Another area, you might have like 10,000. They just set up like tents of different sizes. Oh, okay, um, okay. So an artist by the name of Ikenna, um, he hit me up. He's like, hey, this is what I'm doing. I want you to come on stage and paint live. I have like a live... Um, orchestra on the on the stage, live band, sorry. Um, and then I'm going to be reciting my poem. Dope. And then you're going to have 45 minutes. By the end, you're going to show everybody what you come up with based on what was happening. So that was a crazy experience, man. Dope. Now, what's the best 
piece of advice that you've been given throughout your journey? Uh, I've gotten a lot. Um, Share with us one of them. You mean in life or just like art-wise? Anything. In life, art, anything. Um, well, I guess one is from my mom, one is from my dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom literally said, you know, you got to build yourself. Oh, and, dope. you know, that one statement just like opened my mind to so many different things. Mm-hmm. I took it as like anything that you take in, it needs to serve you. Um, so if it's competition, um, it can't consume you to the point where like you're losing confidence, you're feeling down about yourself. You can compare yourself to other people, but do it as a way to energize you as opposed to as a way to tear you down. Right. Um, in terms of like your health, the same thing, the things that you put in your body, the people that you associate with, like all of it, it needs to to build you. Right. And for my dad, he's, you know, he's just like, never forget family. Um, and how I interpret that is like family is also like your close friends. That's right. Um, and like, you never forget them. Like no matter how successful you are, um, no matter how shitty they become, right. you don't forget them. It doesn't mean that you have to subject yourself to like punishment, mm-hmm. but just keep in mind that, you know, they're family. <laughs> right. That's dope. Now, professionally, what what's, I'm I'm sure you probably have multiple, but what's one of your goals as a professional artist? Um, as a professional artist, I I want to be in a position where I'm making enough money mm-hmm. to to literally not have to paint or create art a day in my life. Um, and it doesn't mean that I won't be doing it, right. but um, and like to be totally honest probably the first time I'm saying this out loud, there's times when I talk to people mm-hmm. and hear their appreciation for my art. And I literally want to give them like an original piece that I would sell for like 5,000. Like I, I want to do it. Yeah. Um, not because like they're begging me for it or anything, but just to see how much they connect to it and how it affects them. Yeah. Um, I want to be in a position where I'm making so much money. It's like, you really like this, right? I, it's yours. <laughs> That's dope. That yeah. is dope. That is dope. And do you feel like you're you're getting closer to that that goal? Um, I, I feel I feel that way. Um, mind you, like I do that very same thing now. Mm-hmm. Uh, except it's not coming from a place where it's like, um, I can afford to do it. Right. You know, I just do it and then have this mentality that it it'll come back one way or another. I believe that that's karma right there, right? Like what you put out definitely comes back and it comes back tenfold. So Mm -hmm. I'm a firm believer in that. Now, before we wrap things up, I want to get you to share with our listeners. um, If there's any statement or advice that you can give them, um, you know, on their journeys, whether it's through art that they're following or it's just in life in general, anything that you can leave them with, um, if they are in that dark space, that'll get them out and, and things like that. There's a lot, but um, I guess I'll I'll speak to something that I hear from a lot of artists that are struggling right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say at the end of the day, literally empty the clip <laughs> um, because like a lot of people 
are afraid what other people might think of them. Right. Um, and the reality is like, you'll have people that vibe with you and people that won't. Those are two things that I think you're guaranteed to have. Yeah. Um, regardless of how perfect you think you do things, you're always going to have people who vibe with you and people who don't. Um, the goal is to um, do it for yourself and for the people who genuinely love and support you. Um, so if that's like five or 10 people, um, because you're giving so much energy to them and they're giving energy back to you, yeah, that is going to um, grow your community. That energy is like, it's so, it's so magnetic that it's going to attract more genuine supporters. Right. And, you know, to the point where like, it doesn't even matter who's not feeling you. That's right. Like you're having such a blast with the people that are, are feeling you that that's all that matters. That's it. Yeah. Man, thank you for that. Listen, I want to thank all our listeners for joining us this week on this episode um, of the Derek Sante podcast. And a special thank you to our guests, Kofi. I, it's an honor. It's been an honor. It's been a pleasure. And I want to thank you so much for even taking the time out to have this conversation with me. Um, before I let you go, I want you to actually share with the listeners how they can get in touch with you, whether through your website, um, you know, social media, anything that you want to give them. And I also have it in the description. So when they do get onto uh, Podbean, they can actually get all the details there as well. But I want to get it from you know, your mouth. So if you can give them all your contacts and how they can reach you to either have a conversation um, about art or continue this conversation um, or just get to be able to purchase some work from you. Awesome. Um, it's Kofi's underscore art across like every platform, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. My website is getting set to launch. Um, it's just up right now. Is The only thing is people can't actually go into it mm -hmm. until I, I, I make it public, but you can like get on there and uh, sign up for the, um, the email list. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm going to be transitioning from Kofi's arts to Kofi Frempong. Okay. Um, so yeah, Kofi Frempong.com. Awesome. So what I'll do is I'll make sure I have all the correct spelling on there um, in the description folks so that you can actually grab it and make sure you support the artists um, whether it's Kofi or anybody local that you know, if you if you dig their work, show them that support by actually, you know, investing in them. Right. So art is literally everywhere. And I, I'm a firm believer in that. I'm an artist myself, but I, I do believe that our community sometimes lets us down because they don't push us and they don't put us where we need to be by supporting us financially. Um, and so please go ahead and make sure you support all the artists that you know to the best um, of your ability and, and just continue that because art is life, right? It's either to create or to die, man. That's that's just what I, I go with. You got to create, you got creatives. Everything around us is art. Appreciate it, respect it because it does impact you whether you know it or not. And so start by supporting those around you. And for us, I want you guys to start by supporting Kofi and his work as he continues to build, right? Again, thank you. Thank you. No doubt. It's been a pleasure, my brother. Awesome. My pleasure, man.